This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name is David Reed. And this is Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek. Hello, David. Welcome, listeners. Yes, welcome to Film Fandango. We're going to be talking about films old and new, or maybe all new, actually, this week, I think. I think one of those rare occasions we've both seen a brand spanking new movie. Two freshly picked films. From the field of celluloid. Um, yes, uh, let's go with yours first, I would suggest. What have you been to see? I, for God's sake, why? I have been to see the hotly tipped film, Nocturnal Animals. What's it been tipped for? Oscar uh, Oscar buzz already? No, it's just been very well received by... Well, I read saw a five-star review in The Guardian. It's got uh, one of those... I hate The Guardian, though. ...trendy hipster posters with um, just the actor's face really big and then the words across their face. Hasn't it? Below her face. It's, it's, no, in the ones on the tube, they're all across her face. Oh. Yeah, maybe they've got reviews now. Maybe that's where they put the reviews. Um, so this film... Yeah. It's by, directed by Tom Ford. What's he done? Well, he's a famous fashion designer oh. who became a... a he does things like fashion, makeup and lipsticks and perfume and stuff like that as well. Very, very high-end stuff. He went into doing uh, becoming a, a director. He did. Uh, did you see a single man? No. Which looked beautiful, uh, but wasn't necessarily. Was that the one with Colin Firth? Yes. Yeah, I remember. About him with he was a gay man who I can't remember the story. The trailer looked a bit like a Chanel advert. Like yeah, well, very he's, crisp suits and uh, fashionable glasses, which is pretty much Tom. It's a Tom Ford sort right, of okay, high end look, and not and very similar to that. This film is very glamorous, um, but it's, it's very dark. It feels like a bit of a departure for Amy Adams. Uh, I'll tell you the brief synopsis of it. Yes, please do. Amy Adams is uh, probably in her forties or something like that. She's <laughs> a um, uh, high-flying uh, uh, gallery curator. Okay. Um, her husband, she's got a very handsome second husband who she suspects is having an affair. Oh, no. Her previous husband, she's not heard of in the last 20 years until a manuscript arrived. Um, arrives. Uh, the very first uh, copy or draft um, of his book... And he was a struggling writer, 
and that was one of the reasons that she left him because she was quite aspirational in the end and she did not want and writers are deadbeats writers are losers they should be killed <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah I mean they're parasites um, I mean all of us have thoughts most of us don't need to write them down keep them to keep, yourself yeah <laughs> it, it, I mean I don't go and tell people about my dreams do you want to be one of those people Oh, you imagined something, did you? Oh. Did you imagine a, a little pixie man on a bridge? Oh, he castle. Yeah. Did you? Well done. That's quite good. Well, you, it's mine. You can't have it. Pixie man on a bridge. Little pixie man on a bridge in the castle's mine. Where's it? Oh, oh it's quite good. <laughs> well, tell me more. <laughs> anyway, so he's written... This book arrives, and it's... You've sort of got three narratives running through this. You've got her relationship, her not being able to sleep, her failing marriage with her husband. Right. You've got the story which her previous husband has written, which stars, uh, which is she, she's reading the book and you see it played out in the film. And he is the Jake Gyllenhaal is the protagonist in the story. And he plays, and you have flashbacks to when they first met. Oh, that's interesting. So you've got both the fictional story, but you do you start to wonder what is based on reality in this fictional story? It is um, <coughs> no, it's it's almost as if it, they gradually unfold what happened. Right. Both stories at the same pace. It's beautifully done. It's beautifully acted. It feels very... Un- I, I've got to say this, I was quite worried at the start of the year or everything films feeling the same, but mm. I, there's, I've seen quite a lot of quite fresh... Creative. I think I'm, I'm, just, I'm seeking out these films, I suppose, yeah. rather than uh, going to see this traditional fair. Um, it's quite ha- It's a harrowing tale. I don't know if you... I don't know what I felt of it. I'm still... I saw it last night. I'm still sort of regurgitating it over in my head. Is that regurgitating? I don't think you're regurgitating it over Congen- in your head. Cogitating? Cogitating. Cogitating. Okay. Yeah, do you know what that means? I don't know what that means, no. It means is that it's, the thought has become a baby in my head. Okay. And I'm chewing on... <laughs> okay, you're babies, chewing on the thought baby. And, and I've regurgitated... I've eaten the thought baby and, and I've regurgitated it, it internally over your brain. Um, so I'm cog- cognating it. Cognating it, yeah. Or cog- cognating. 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 Well, that magic word has attracted Buddy the dog to my side. Do you want me to f- cognate into your mouth, Buddy? He's licking his lips. <laughs> um, uh, okay, and uh, it, who is who is the who is the new husband? Oh, he's—I don't even know what the actor's okay, name is. Just fine. a good-looking bloke. He's, that character's not really developed. Uh, the main—the the, the plot of the book becomes the main story, right? And the plot of the book, what's happening is Jake Gyllenhaal is uh, playing a sort of parallel of him is that character in real life, and his wife and um, daughter encounter this gang of sort of hoodlums on a on a road in the middle of nowhere. And things get gradually go from bad to worse, and that is almost, I think, some sort of uh, what's the word when it's uh, an allegory for allegory for what happened in their relationship previously. Sort of, but not 
I mean, I would imagine there's a connection between the fiction and the reality. Yes, there is a rough connection to right. it. I mean, it's not really... What I quite like about this film, nothing's really spelled out clearly. It's up to you to make. It's not, here's what this means. Jake Gyllenhaal's been making some interesting films recently, actually. He always does that, Mostly set at night, aren't they, as well? I mean, uh, was Nightcrawler was a really good one. And he then he did that one called... Beast, do you remember that? That I thought was all right, but I think you enjoyed more the one where he sees giant spiders. Do you remember that? I didn't see that one, did I? I think you did, but oh, I um, I enjoyed, but I've enjoyed things like Zodiac, always sort of flawed, but I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. Prisoners, is, he always makes um, good choices since well, since Donnie Darko, I suppose. He's in that weird. He's a go-to slightly He's weird. got an oddness to him yeah. that suits some film styles and sort of not others. Yeah. Um, he's never quite broken into the uh, the mainstream blockbuster action hero role. I mean, he tried with Prince of Persia, which just didn't take off. Well, even but, in Brokeback Mountain, I, d- I wasn't entirely convinced by him in that. Right. You didn't think that was his real hat? Oh, I didn't think he could ride a horse very well. <laughs> I give this eight Marricks. Okay. I think it's a fascinating um, film. It's got Michael Shannon plays the uh, sh- a sheriff in there. He's in, in a lot story. of things now, but isn't he? But he looks great. He's got one of the most wonderful faces in cinema. Mm. He's in a very disappointing... Uh, Midnight Mid- Express. Yeah. yeah. No, he is very good, though. I can, I can see that. There's a couple of these sort of fascinating looking bloke so you, I don't even know if you'd call handsome but I they I guess they sort of are he's very um, he's got a very engaging yeah. face yeah yeah um alright nocturnal animals um, eight, eight marics did I say eight marics I can't remember if I did you did say eight marics I'll say it again do you want to say it eight marics okay there we go I think it's time for this Here is a message from Charlie Hurley, good name, uh, about hypernormalization. I recommended Adam Curtis's last documentary, Bitter Lake, last year, and I have to re- recommend his new one on iPlayer, Hypernormalization. It's incredibly long. But at the end, it feels like you're being shown a brief glimpse behind the curtain. I think every now and then, something comes along that makes you think about things differently. And Adam Curtis is a genius at it. It's visually incredible, and his choices of horrific footage and upbeat music gives it a nightmare quality. The montage of disaster movie clips is particularly effective and jarring when suddenly you're jerked back to reality. It's bleak but fascinating. And you'll never watch The Rock with Nicolas Cage again in the same way. Well, I mean, that just is... Thank you for your letter, Charlie. That, I mean, I, I have no idea what he's talking about, but that sounds I've heard quite a lot. Because, because, Do you know what it's about, hypernormalisation? Yeah, a bit of, is watched, it about um, sort of desensitisation to suffering, or what is it? Uh, so, Bitter Lakes, first of all, which I watched last year, which yes. is on iPlayer, that's the sort of history of... Uh, Iraq but told through footage and a narrator from year, from the 1950 you get build up the whole picture which was a fascinating and it's told it with just bits of news footage sort of meshed together so it feels completely different to yes it doesn't hold your hand through the documentary and hypernormalization I've read people talking about it quite a lot it's just sort of unveiling as far as I've read from people's opinions so this is probably wrong just how our brains are 
talked to think by media and stuff like that right. and getting behind behind the uh, the brainwashing effects of that. It might not even be about that, but I think that's what it's about. Okay, okay. So watch that if you like. Bitter Lake and Hyper Normalisation. Is Ben Painter's written in. Dear David, Marek, Danielle, Buddy, Brett Goldstein, Tom Bell and other previous guests. I mean, be honest, I doubt they listen to any episodes of the ones they're on. Uh, no accent required. Good. Over the far last few months, I recommended a couple of films to some people which they really enjoyed. After watching them, they asked me where I found out about them and I was pretty sure that they were from yourselves or guests. Being the lazy person that I am, I just couldn't be fucked to check the archives. <laughs> Have you recommended Skins, a Rock Hudson film, which is a great aside from a, aside from a slightly wobbly bit in the middle, um, which is excellent. Likewise, have you recommended Little Murders, an Edit Gold film, which has an amazing Donald Sutherland performance, but and also a pretty good film too. If you didn't, I haven't got a clue where I heard them from. Keep watching the films, Ben. I didn't recommend any of those. No, films. Skins and Little Murders uh, have not come through the show previously, as far as I'm aware. An Elliot Gould film with... Donald Sutherland yeah I mean they worked together on MASH didn't they yeah that's Elliot Gould isn't it yeah so uh, well I'm glad they got on it's nice I'd like to think they're still friends I like when people form little gangs you know that you can't beat a gang you can't can you talking of gangs have you been to see a film (laughs) (laughs) what with my gang yeah yeah my gang and I went to see a film now I saw a film uh, it's Simultaneous release, one of these, uh, because it's from Rook Films, who uh, don't really have mainstream appeal very often. Uh, Rook Films is the company uh, owned and run by Ben Wheatley, so they often produce his uh, his directed films, but this is not one of those. This is one written and directed by somebody else. And this is called The Greasy Strangler. Now, this has been getting quite a lot of attention uh, for how much it's splitting people. Some people love it, some people don't think it should exist. Some, someone recommended it to our... Uh, after seeing the tra- I watched the trailer after someone recommended it on either Facebook or... Yes. Um, or, or, or some sort of means of communication. So, basically, the Greasy Strangler, I knew nothing about it other than the very brief things I, I had seen and read round about the place, but none of them really... Uh, prepare you for what you're about to watch this is about a father and son uh, who dress, who dress they look like Vic and Bob characters all the way through Like, um, I mean if you just look at them yeah, one's got the long white hair and is, slightly ba- and is very balding one has long black hair and is slightly balding and they wear pink uh, turtlenecks and uh, shorts and take people on complete lies the history of uh, disco tours just walking around closed shops and going this is where Earth, Wind and Fire met Um, like Tim and Eric they look like Tim and Eric it's very Tim and Eric yes Um, so basically from the first scene onwards uh, well from the beginning shall I say it's clear that you're going to have to change the way you watch things in order to appreciate this because it the dialogue is spoken in an intentionally wooden way all the way through. People do not speak how people speak in it. Like in Tim and Eric, actually, there's just that sort of way of doing things and it's a bit surreal and you're never quite sure what's going to happen next. But it's at its heart about a father and son uh, in this 
codependent, utterly uh, horrible relationship, and the father may or may not, at night, uh, strip naked, uh, cover himself in grease, and go out strangling people. That's the story. (laughs) Um, And it is so weird, and... Isn't there a love interest? There's a love interest in it as well. In the trailer, some quite graphic sex scenes well, as well. Well, this is it. People have... I've read some reviews after I watched it to sort of see what had people made of it. And many of them, the criticisms are, well, it just tries to be as gross as it possibly can. I couldn't disagree more. Okay. Like, it just has a sense of humour, but isn't afraid to sh- show you certain images. It's not trying to gross you out. It's just they happen to find... Um, fat old men with weirdly shaped genitalia funny so they, they, there's, there's prosthetic dicks in it and uh, there's, they're, they're either in figure hugging sort of velour or naked throughout the entire film most people are in it It's and it's got some Sam Raimi-esque cartoon violence uh, the violence is never real it's all stupid but and it's very funny at times as well. Really funny. But I promise you, some people will despise this film. Is it a, co- a comedy or a quirky... It's a, it's a, it's a, basically a fuck you to cliche. Okay. It's, it's like it's just doing whatever the fuck it wants. It knows its uh, story isn't really to be taken seriously, and yet somehow it manages to make it moving and affecting at the same time, even though the whole thing is um, irreverent, you know. And its, it's story does make sense. It's very well done. It's You won't have seen anything like it. T- we thought Tim and Eric was strange, and that split people. Oh, I love Tim and Eric, yeah. A billion-dollar movie. Yeah. This is so much weirder. This sounds like my sort of film. It really, I think you'd love it. It's very funny. I, I really liked it. I really liked it. And it's um, it's just the weirdest idea. It's this old man who keeps berating his son for not making his sausages greasy enough. you got to put more <laughs> grease on them. <laughs> is it long then? Does it feel over... It feels no, it's like 90 minutes. And it's on... You can get this online, can you? Is it just? On? I bought it on one of those, um, you know, streaming blockbuster equivalents where you can buy a standard definition thing for three fifty. Okay. Um, and it's a bit more for an HD version. Uh, uh, yeah, but it's in cinema. Some cinemas. It's not general release, obviously, because people will demand their money back. I'm gonna watch it. It sounds great. Uh, but it's it's from a it's a director who's not done very much before, but he wrote and directed this. It, it flawed in any way. Um, you know what? Normally, when things try to show that they know their story isn't isn't worth telling, but they are still doing it nonetheless, they tend to fall apart. I'm I'm thinking I felt a bit like that with Tim and Eric's billion dollar movie. They they didn't really give a shit about their story, and the same is true of the comedy. Um, is it they came together? Uh, or we came together, one or the other, but it's Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler where it's that. it's mocking very well, and there's some f- really funny scenes in it, but it's mocking rom coms. But by the end, you're bored of it because they clearly don't like the story they're telling. They're not really that interested. This doesn't fail at that. This actually it it works, and it's it's not boring at all. For what it's trying to do, I think it succeeds brilliantly. 
How many Davids? You know, that's tricky because I don't think I'd ever watch it again because part of the enjoyment is not knowing where the hell it's going and what it's what is going to happen and what's going to do. For some people, it will be slow because you've got to you you've got to sort of understand film a bit to know how what they're doing. Yeah, you know. I think I'd give it eight. I think I I, I enjoyed it a lot. I think I'm going to have to watch this film. The Greasy Strangler. Yeah, but what, what interestingly, just uh, anything else we could talk about, really, without me spoiling it, but when it comes to the nudity in it, uh, and as I say, there's quite a lot, it actually got me thinking of how prudish mainstream cinema is when it comes to nudity, but not violence. In that these are people's bodies you almost never see in cinema because they're not... Uh, sexy people who have signed on the dotted line to get naked in this film because they know how attractive they are. These are just normal people looking normal. Well, that's, that's, what's fascinating is Nocturnal Animals, the starters, yeah. really um, uh, uh, overweight women dancing in slow mo, yeah. dressed up as sort of, um, sort of pom pom girls. But, and why are there images? But like... that's a whole, there's a whole like, two minutes of just completely naked. Right overweight women dancing and it's fascinating to see it's quite shocking because you've but this is it. not it's, seen it, that yeah. it's challenging but doesn't that make you go fuck that's the world we live in where just seeing normal looking people naked is a challenging image whereas seeing a room full of people machine gun to death is like oh, I'm a bit bored of this I've seen it before yeah. It's a, it's an odd it's an odd thing we've an odd place we've ended up <laughs> my mum said she said that every, you know everyone on TV and film they all look the same now yeah, in a way we, I should have mentioned before, but they just the whole. Well, I think it's just... um, it's partly uh, the British being so buttoned up. I mean, not to get to um, grand theory about it. I honestly don't really have a clue of why we how we end up here, but it would seem that we still hold on to slightly that Victorian thing of we still haven't shape, uh, shaken it completely off being like oh don't, no we don't talk about that and we don't do that and we won't we won't do anything. Whereas the Americans are totally pornography obsessed so people can only be naked if it's so you can jack off to them yeah. whereas mainland Europe are far more sort of groovy and trendy about it just like yeah we see people naked all the time what's the problem like I remember seeing a, a French kids film uh, when I went to France on a school trip when I must have been like I don't know 12, 13 and there were, there were naked people in that Yeah, and it's because they don't think the, the naked body is instantly a sexualised image and that's that's the reason they don't see you know oh, it's because they're animals, mate. <laughs> they're absolutely disgusting. <laughs> of course, of course, anyone's naked body is there for me to wank over. Of course, why else would it be that? I know friendship. That's what they're doing it for. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely think that's an American. That's an American gift to the world. Oh gosh. Um, but yeah. Anyway. Oh, I think. Well, that's about it. I suppose that's about it? it for this week. I mean, it's, it's another short one, but we'll um, we'll uh, try and get a guest in, or if you'd like. Uh, longer discussions then why not write to us uh, you can go to our website filmfandango.com and uh, contact us from there and please uh, recommend any films you've seen recently or old favourites we haven't talked about before uh, if we are providing any kind of a service at all it is to share the films that don't have the publicity budgets to share themselves yes um, also we do all of this for free so if you'd like to donate towards our running costs and keep us going for another week then please again go to filmfandango.com and click on the donate button everyone in the house thank you very much
Um, Thanks a lot. We'll be back next week. Keep, Keep watching, watching the films. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.